Well, good morning. I would like to uh, all welcome you here to church online and at your home on Sunday the 22nd of March in what is exceptional and uh, certainly unprecedented times. But, you know, my prayer is that in this time, the Lord would uh, really bear fruit in us, that it would be a rich and rewarding time as we meet together in this way. And you'll see the Church Online page that we've put together will evolve uh, as we go over the next few weeks. Um, And uh, what you'll see is a talk, of course, you're watching me right now. Uh, Further down, if you scroll down, you'll see a worship set that Sam, our worship pastor, has curated, which is a YouTube playlist that you can listen to. And uh, there's a link to other resources. If you scroll down further, we've got resources uh, and teaching material for kids and youth, and indeed some video messages there. But in this time, we also want to continue to pray for you. And so our ministry team who are, who are scheduled on, you know, are still going to be receiving uh, your prayer requests. And you'll see if you click a button, a web form comes up. Send us what your prayer requests are. And they might be related to something that comes out of this talk. And then further down, we have a general pastoral support. We want to ramp up our efforts in terms of supporting you uh, in this time. We also thought it would be rather cool, why not, to take some photos of you and your family uh, if you're at home. Uh, Selfies, hashtag church at home. So take a picture. Why don't you tag us on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter for the Vineyard Church, St. Albans, and uh, hashtag church at home. And then we can share that and just see how people are doing church in different places. So uh, uh, exciting. Now we're going to continue... to look at our series, Encounter Going Deep. And, you know, I started uh, this series a few weeks ago by saying that every time we encounter Jesus is actually an invitation to encounter Jesus more. And that every encounter here in church on a Sunday is an invitation to encounter Jesus out there. And here we are, as if rather prophetically, in a season where indeed God has indeed placed us outside the four walls. But that doesn't mean that we can't still encounter him. We can do so where we are at in our homes. And, you know, we are his church. We, are, we his people, are his church. We don't need to be in this building And so we're going to continue on looking at spiritual practices, ways in which we can follow the life of Jesus so that we can position ourselves to encounter God every day. And so before I continue, what I'd like to do is just pray for us, and then we're going to dive into the word this morning. Lord, I want to thank you that you are with each one of us, that no matter where we are, you, Lord, presence yourself And I pray that for each one of us, that we would know your presence. That, Lord, you would work in us and through us. That you would open our hearts and our minds and our ears to your word, and that it would bear fruit for you, Lord, I pray. In your precious name. Amen. Well, as we looked in this series, Jesus' wonderful invitation in Matthew 11, 28 to 29... And I'll read this from the message version. Jesus says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. 
Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And boy, if there was ever a time that we want to say yes to that invitation, now is the time. I recognize that for all of us, this is a time of weariness, of burden, of fears and anxiety. And I don't know about you, but I want to say yes to Jesus' invitation. And so if we see how Jesus lived his life, that is what we mean when we talk about spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines. Things that we can practice, that we can do every day, that positions ourselves for him. And a couple of weeks we looked at silence and solitude and I've heard some amazing testimonies of people doing that. And last week we looked at the Sabbath. What does this, our Sabbath, our Sunday look like? And by the way, if you look at the button underneath this video player, you'll see a link to the talks. So you can catch up on that. And so what is the spiritual discipline that we're going to look at this week? It is prayer. Prayer. Now, the truth is that the subject of prayer is a huge subject, and I could spend uh, weeks on end just on this. Uh, and indeed, maybe uh, later in the year we'll look in it more detail. But let me start by saying this. We are wired for it. We are literally wired to pray. There is something in us which has the need to reach out to God you know, at this time, people that don't even confess a faith in God feel a need to pray. The nation turns to prayer in such a time as this, and, and rightly so. It's as if when we realize we have come to the end of ourselves, that we reach out to someone greater than ourselves. As if in that moment we realize deep down that we have been created to rely and depend upon a God who created us, upon a God who loves us. Why is this? Why is there that need in us? Because very simply, we have been created to commune to God, to walk with him. As we did in the Garden of Eden, as Adam and Eve in the cool of the afternoon. You know, St. Augustine, one of the church fathers, said this, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. And so prayer, very simply, is our way of connecting with God. Paul Miller said this, Prayer is simply the medium through which we experience and connect to God. It's as simple as yet that, and yet as profound as that. You know, uh, when Steph and I talk together, spend time talking, and uh, we talk about many things, I've learned to become a good listener, because that's not in my nature. Um, but, you know, we talk about lots of things that are important. What's happening, what plans we need to make. But here's the thing, irrespective of what we talk about, irrespective of the specific outcome common to all of those conversations is that in the process we are building relationship together spending time with each other understanding each other learning each other's ways growing closely together and that is exactly the same with God and with prayer 
You know, there are many different types of prayer, different types for situations and circumstances. And next week, we're going to look at how we pray for other people or intercessory prayer. You know, arrow prayers. I don't know about you, but I've certainly been praying lots of arrow prayers at the moment. They're good and right. Prayers of repentance, prayers of thanksgiving, lots of different prayers. But what is common to all of these prayers, irrespective of the outcome, is that in the process of praying, we are building relationship with God. We are experiencing his presence. And it isn't that the topic of conversation or prayer is, is unimportant to God. God is interested in what we have to say. And it isn't that he doesn't want to answer our prayers. He listens and he does. But you see, at its heart, prayer is an invitation to be with God and to commune with him. And so as we look at the practices of Jesus, how we follow him, we see that Jesus had prayer as the very center point of his life. We see that Jesus had it as part of his daily life. And I want to say now, that now is the time that we need to look to Jesus and say, you know what, if Jesus needed to be with the Father in prayer, then boy, so do I. And arrow prayers are great, but there's more to pray in than just those requests. You know, if you look at the word prayer and pray, it's used at least 25 times in connection with Jesus praying in the Gospels. Luke 6 verse 12 said that Jesus went to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. He was willing to forego sleep to pray with his heavenly father. In Luke 9 18, he prayed. Luke 5 31, he prayed. You see, everything that Jesus did came from a place of prayer. Everything Jesus accomplished, the amazing miracles, casting out demons, raising the dead, the amazing teaching that we still study in 2,000 years now, came from a center point of communing with the Father in prayer. And I don't know about you, but if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. If the Son of God, fully God, fully man, needed to be in that place, then don't you think we need to also? Because it is in that place that we can experience the fullness that God has for us. And I find it amazing that in Luke 11, verse 1, the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. You know, they had seen amazing things. The miracles I mentioned, the, the deliverance, the raising Lazarus from the dead, all of this stuff. And yet, the one thing they asked Jesus to, would you teach me? wasn't all that stuff. It was, would you teach us to pray? Because as they followed Jesus, what they would have seen was that everything that he accomplished came from prayer. And in this season, prayer needs to be our foundation and our bedrock so that we can navigate through the trials and tribulations that we're all facing. And that's what I want to do this morning, is let's look at how Jesus replied to that request. And I'd like, if you turn with me with your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer, as it's commonly known. Verse 9 and I'd like to read it to you. And I want to just provide some truths that come from this that can help us as we think about praying to God in this season. So it's 
Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. Let us read these together. This then, said Jesus, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forget, forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And for those of you who know the prayer, for an ever and ever, amen. Or for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. So let's just unpack this together as we look at the Lord's prayer, because this is going to provide a foundation for us as we daily pray to the Father. Now let's look at the first word, our. Verse 9, our. You know, I just have to pause on that because I find it so interesting that Jesus started with the word our. Why not start it with my, my Father? I mean, that would work, wouldn't it, after all, because God is my Father. But Jesus chose to use the word our. Why? Well, of course, the implication of our is that he is ours, as in personally, but it is much broader, much bigger than that. You see, the broader truth that Jesus was conveying and does convey today with our is that you are not alone. That we are part of family. And let me just say, if there was ever time that we need to hold on to that truth, now is the time. I recognize that for many of you, you're watching this at home. Maybe alone. I want to say this to you, you're not alone. Our, you're part of God's family. You know, there's an interesting story in 1 Kings 18.33 where the prophet Elijah, he's hiding in the cave, you know, they, he had just had this uh, showdown with the prophets of Baal and God came from heaven in fire and licked up the, uh, the sacrifice. Everyone said, wow, there is God, but he ran away. He was fearful of the queen who wanted to get him. And there's this interesting line that uh, Elijah said to God in verse 33. He said to God, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left. And yet we know that that wasn't the case. There were many others. And I want to say there are many of us. We are family. You might feel alone, but don't feel in fear. Don't feel as though you're separated. Because part of being family is taking care of each other. And I want to encourage all of us in this season to take care of each other. A simple text Phone call, message makes the world of difference, but also let's pray for each other. Know right now that there are hundreds of people praying for you. Myself and Steph and the staff team and the trustees, but I know so many of our church family are praying for each other in this time. Why our Father? And then let's look at, move on then to Father. Why did Jesus instruct us to pray to the Father? You see, here's the point. Who you pray to has a bearing on how you pray. 
Who you pray to has a bearing on how you pray. Let me explain. If you see God as this old mean miser up in heaven, looking down, waiting for an opportunity to bash you over the head, then your prayers would be devoid of trust. It would feel as if you'd have to. It would come from guilt. It would be prayers devoid of wanting to be with him and, and devoid of frequency of prayer. And so Jesus in this, in this wonderful prayer is saying, it's Father. You see, if you're able to see God as your loving Father, and I know for many of you growing up, you know, the, the, being able to see God as Father is difficult because maybe your Father wasn't the best Father. Maybe He didn't show you love. Maybe He wasn't there to provide for you. And I recognize that for many, this is a, a point of healing. And I pray that as you hear these words, the Lord would just heal you of that. And just, Lord God, would you just show yourself to be a Father? But you see, when you realize that He is a Father who loves you and wants to spend time with you, then we want to come into his presence. You see, Jesus knew, Jesus knew that God was his father and he wanted to be with him. He wanted to spend time with him. You know, it's like when my kid is, I come home from work, daddy, daddy, and they, some of them, not all of them, you know, someone might be, hey daddy. But you take what you can get, right, fathers? So, you know, you come in, Daddy, and they run into my arms. And, and that is what Jesus is saying. You can run into the Father's arms. And in this season, there is a Father that loves you. Abba, Daddy. And so when we realize that when we pray, we do so to a father, then we can come free. And in boldness, my kids have the most audacious requests to me. Why? Because they know I'm, I'm their father. And that it delights me to provide for them. It delights me to cuddle them and to be with them. And now is the time to push in to our Father. Our Father. And let's move on on this wonderful prayer. What else can we see? Verse 9 continues, who art in heaven. You know, I find this the most amazing thing. It's almost as if there's this paradox that how can you, God Almighty in heaven, be my father? And yet that is what is happening here. That he is on the throne. That he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. That he is the creator of all things. And yet he's our father. You know, I love it. When my, it's funny, Daniel, my little Daniel, my little boy, he loves telling his friends at school that his dad is the pastor. You know, it's like, my dad is the pastor, pastor of a church. And I remember growing up, I used to, you know, I used to love boasting on my dad, you know, my dad does this. My, and that's the same for us. My father's the king of the universe. <laughs> my daddy made all of this. I love that. There's so much security and comfort in saying that. You know, Psalm 24 says this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That's your father. Did you know your father owns the world? Did you know the father that you can run to created everything around you? And I don't know about you, but when I let that sink in and I fully understand what that means, I get to a place where I can start trusting and say, yes, you know what, Father, you've got this. And it goes on, hallowed be your name. Well, what does hallowed mean? It's an old English word, to greatly revere and honor. You see, here's the thing, when we run into the Father's arms, 
when we recognize that he is the God of the universe, how do we respond? In worship and adoration. Holy is your name. Wow. Holy is your name. You see, when we realize who he is, it leads us to worship. You see, our prayer lives and our worship are intertwined. When we get to that place of worship, when we get to that place of communion with our Father, the lines between worship and prayer, they're blurred. It's, it's how we position ourselves for him and we give him our all. You know, it says in Romans 12 that we are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice in response. That is what worship is. Sung worship is an expression of that. And you might feel at home today, feeling as if you're missing out on worship. Well, of course, the experience of corporate worship is a special thing. And, and I know that soon we'll be back together, worshiping together. And I can't wait. But you can still worship God where you're at. Your Father where you're at. And then what do we move on to? Let's look at verse 10. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? Well, it's about his kingdom and about his will. Put it another way, it's about his presence and about our surrender. You see, when we ask for his kingdom to come, what we're asking is that he would presence himself with us. What does that mean? It means where the king is, there is peace. Where the king is, there is hope. Where the king is, there's a place for forgiveness and of love. And perfect love casts out fear. You see, it's about his rule and reign. And when we recognize that he is our father, that he is the God of the universe, and we worship him, we say, and Lord, would you come? Just want to be with you. And that is our prayer right now. Lord, would you come? And wherever you're at now at home, why don't you just pray that, Lord, would you come now? Would your kingdom be here right now in my home as it is in heaven? And it says here, your will be done. What does that mean? It means, and it represents a place of surrender. You know, one of the reflections on, on the, the time that we're in and I think that's taken me a bit by surprise is this feeling of lack of control. I don't know if you feel the same thing. All of a sudden, it's as if you can't hold on to things. You can't direct things the way we used to. That there's so many more unknowns that it's difficult to see. Even a day ahead, things are moving so quickly. And it is unnerving. But you see, it's in that place that as Christians, we say, Lord, your will. Lord, I can trust you because you're my father. I can trust you because you're the God of the universe. And so in that place, I pray your will. I surrender my will. And I found that as I've prayed in that way, as I've surrendered my will and said, would your kingdom come? There is a relief and a peace which comes. And that leads us to verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. There is a place for requests for God. Our Heavenly Father wants to hear them. And for many of you, 
I know that this is a challenging time for some of you. You've lost your jobs. I've heard stories. I've heard from you. For some of you, you're wondering whether you can get food in. For some of you, you're concerned about childcare. There's many things, and within that, God is wanting to hear your requests. Lord, would you give us today our daily bread? And so when you realize that he is our loving father that can be trusted upon, that we can enter in without fear of being bashed over the head, where there's no guilt, there's no shame, just love. And when you realize that he is the God of the universe in heaven, that everything is his, everything in the earth's. And when you realize that he is with us, then you place your requests in utter confidence and boldness. And so let me encourage each one of you to seek him and to ask. You know, there is a scripture that says, uh, you have not because you ask not. And I just want to encourage you. You are important to God. Don't think that the things you want to ask God are insignificant and well, there's, there's bigger problems than mine. No, your heavenly father wants to hear your requests. And so as an overview then, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time going through the rest of this, I'd encourage you to do so. Let us remember that it is our, that in this time we are family. We are family, that you are not alone, that we are praying for each other. Let's be family to each other. That it is Father, not a God that is angry, not a God that is beating us up, but a God that loves us and wants to spend time with us. Who art in heaven. You know, God is not off the throne right now. I just want to be clear. God is not surprised. He is not panicking. He is not organizing Cobra meetings with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus. He knows what's going on. He's still on the throne. He's still in heaven. You can trust on him. If anything, in this season, what it, we see the foundations that we had built our lives on, a shift, a shift in sands, and yet the one thing, the truth that remains unshakable is that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is on the throne. And so let us look up. And as we do, we respond with, hallowed be your name. That This is a season of worship and praise. You know, he inhabits the praises of his people. And let us pray that his kingdom would come. We want that in this nation, in this world. Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come. Your will be done. Let us surrender. Let us surrender it all to him. And let us ask for those things that we need. And so here's some tips on how we can pray. And as I said, next week, we're going to go into more detail around how we pray for others. You know, we might not be able to physically be with friends and family and loved ones, but we can still make a difference in how we intercede. That's the word, stand in the gap between God and others. And we're going to unpack that together next week as a church family. But how can you pray in this season? First, make a decision to pray each day. Look to Jesus as, as the way in which we should be living our lives. You know, when Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, you know, that was a, a, uh, an idiom for rabbis that meant, take on my teaching, follow me, be like me. 
This is a season that we need to be like Jesus. So make a decision. Second of all, use the Lord's Prayer as a starting point. Why don't you, at the end of this, pray this through? Pray this through. And don't rush it. You know, the way I like to pray is, is like this. Our Father. And just, just meditate on that. Allow God's word just to bear fruit and say, wow. And you see, when we position ourselves, what happens, you see, is his grace, which empowers us, which fills us, will bear fruit. That word would bear fruit and it will make a difference. Number three, spend time listening. You see, prayer is not just speaking to God. Samuel Chadwick, a great pastor uh, in the last century, I believe, said this, the most important part of prayer is not what we say to God, but what God says to us. <laughs> it is no place for hurry. The soul must be still and wait before the Lord. And of course, you see, that ties in our silence and solitude spiritual discipline you see you can do both of these things you start with silence and solitude move into prayer and then lastly pray with each other pray with each other learn with your your family and friends and it doesn't need to be physical pick up the phone say you know what let's just pray together let's pray let me just end with this um you know, I believe in this season God is calling us to go deeper than we ever have before. And I believe that in this, you know, where the devil schemes, God redeems. We're going to see some amazing fruit that comes from this season. And I pray for each one of us that as we walk in the ways of Jesus as we, as we pray that we would experience him in a deeper, deeper way. And with that, let me end with a prayer together. I thank you, Lord, that you are our Father, that we are your family, that we are family together. I pray for each one of us that we would know what it means to call you Father and that we would experience you as our Father. Lord, would you come right now and whoever's watching this now, Lord, I just pray you'd presence yourself with each one of us now, that we would know your tangible sense of peace in this time. And with that, we would feel a lightness of spirit that as we recognize and remember that you, Lord, are seated on high, that you are in charge, and that as we surrender our will to you, Lord, that we would feel a lightness of spirit. And I pray that in spite of the circumstances that we are going through, Lord, that we would know your joy. We would know your joy. And so I pray that the Lord's face would shine upon each one of you, that he would be gracious towards you, that you would know his perfect peace, protection, and provision in this time. Amen. And let me just lastly add, if you scroll all the way down near the bottom,
We want to hear your stories in this time, your testimonies, so we can share and encourage with one another. So why not send us an email, and then next week I'm going to be sharing some of those stories with us all, and indeed I'll be sharing those during the week as well. May the Lord bless you and yours, and look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you.